0: Welcome to the Madge and Mastro
1: Podcast.
0: Hey, oh, welcome to the Madge and Mastro Podcast.
1: My name is Madge. And I'm Mastro. Mastro, today is December 31st. It's the last day. Thank God. The last day of 2020 has finally arrived. It's finally in the rearview mirror. Hallelujah. We can't wait for 2021. Praise be the Lord. So happy New Year's Eve to everyone. It's not the same kind of setup as it usually is with all the parties that would be going on tonight. The drinking would have already started by this point, I think. Me and you would be at our families eating our traditional. You know, the yeah, Italians, yeah. They, they started to let us out of the house around 17, 18 to go party with our friends. But you still have to make an appearance at the family event to so be off I the hook.
0: Yeah.
1: Or else you'd have the malocchio for 2021. That's right. So, Master, I got to ask, what are you going to miss the most from tonight that we wouldn't get to celebrate, that we wouldn't wouldn't be usually doing, that we're not going to be doing this year?
0: This is my favorite time, favorite day of the year, because I get to party with all of my closest friends, all the people I chose to have in my life, and some people that I don't get to see very often. You know, it's kind of a sort of an unnecessary excuse that people use to say they need to be somewhere.
1: And I wouldn't call it an excuse. I'd say it's a a festive occasion. And for the most part, we have a lot to celebrate going into the new year. This is a bit of a different situation, but... Unnecessary. Yeah, but every
0: year loyal. every year right it's not like people just pop in whenever they feel like it they need this excuse to show
1: up oh you mean for family and friends to see each other that you haven't seen in a while.
0: well yeah i mean it's not like it happens every other any other day it happens on this day because so i see it as whatever it could be news it could be anything whatever it, you want to call it it's a reason that we all get together and i get to see mm-hmm. people i haven't seen in a while and i get to see friends i haven't seen in a while i, I get to get absolutely smashed with them and enjoy the oh, yeah. entire night and this oh, just a wonderful time. Like, like things happen, yeah, we, strange things happen and we, you remember them for the rest of your life.
1: Well, you remember parts of it. You remember bits and pieces of it. we we spoke yeah. about your escapades at Chez Serge on your birthday. Yeah. I'd say this night rivals, if not exceeds Mastro's level of intensity when it comes to partying. And the weird thing is like, you don't ever seem drunk or inebriated. You're like, you can, you, I know you are but you're still the same person, which is just a thing of beauty. I don't know how you do it, but uh, I'm going to miss seeing that this year. The beauty too is that on a night like this, where sometimes we would go to a hotel or like a hall party or one of those like pre-planned events, you have to buy tickets for, and hundreds yeah. of people would show up. Is that you sometimes run into people you hadn't seen to seen or spoken to in years, and you kind of reconnect?
0: Yeah, uh, you wouldn't expect to in, be there.
1: Yeah, yeah, ring in the new year together. So that's always a nice added touch. The last few years, we've kind of kept it more low-key at people's places, which is fun as we approach our thirties. I'm not in the mood to go in a crowd even before COVID. I wasn't in the mood to go into a crowd of 300, 400 people mm. trying to wait in line at the bar for half an hour for a drink. Like if we're at my place for your place, the bar is the counter. We make whatever we want. We don't have to wait. There's no bartender. It just like comes out the, cuts out the middleman. You know,
0: you got a pregame though. You got a pregame, then take a shot of olive oil.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the classic <laughs> shot of olive oil. I haven't eaten that in a while. While well, that brings you. back some memories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's one of our tricks that you can learn on. One of the many tricks you can learn on the Imagine Mastro podcast, a shot of olive oil before night on the town will save you some misery during the night and the next morning. But we're not here to promote excessive drinking. We're here to talk about sports and talk about the year that was. This episode is going to be a bit different. We're doing our year-end Chow 2020 episode. We selected five topics that we're going to break down. I went off the board with a few of them, but it's going to be fun. I'm excited to do it. Mastro, what do you think about the topics we picked for those?
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, we, we didn't want to choose the, you know, the everyday topics that you see in and out, you know? Oh, what was well, the what best one of, them, of the one year, of them, you know? one Well, of them one of them is because, I mean, it, it it's iconic, but I mean, yeah, you know, the what's, pretty, what's, yeah. what's the play of the year? All the award yeah. of oh, All the you bloopers
1: know? of the year. Like, but this yeah, is not no, TSN. No, we
0: don't need that. We don't need that. No. This is better than TSN.
1: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, no, I've well, been watching. I will. I've been watching, I've definitely been watching those shows. Like they're on loop during mm-hmm. this time of year. Cause they kind of have everything on, everything is kind of on pause. Yeah. So they just loop Nothing like yeah. bloopers of the year, plays of the year. And you kind of think back to all the stuff that's happened this year. Yeah. Even though we missed what three or four months of sport, and still they're able Solid, to pack yeah. these highlight shows with so much content. So it's good to see. With that, we're going to move right into our Chow 2020 episode. Chow 2020? We got five unique topics we want to break down. We're going to do the first one real quick. We decided to give it a bit of a COVID 19 twist. COVID spin. And we're going to go ahead and pick the best mask of 2020. I'm going to go ahead and take this one. We're going to be real quick with it. I chose. I looked all over the internet to see if I could find some comparisons, uh, yeah. uh, maybe a photo gallery. All I could find was people selling masks to like run in. <laughs> Google didn't understand what I was looking for. But I do remember heading back to the U.S. Open. That U.S. That the champion, the eventual champion of the U.S. Open at the the Women's Tennis U.S. Open, Naomi Osaka, wore seven different masks, one before each one of her matches, bearing the names of victims of police brutality. During, uh, you know, the time of the of the year 2020 that was ultimately going to be marked by everything that happened with George Floyd yeah. and the subsequent rise of the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests in the United States, and even in Canada and Montreal, all over the world, really. And for an athlete of her stature to make the statement that she did. And, you know, the thing that, that really stood out to me about that is that she made seven masks before the tournament started, I'm assuming. Yeah. With a name from each person. It was, I think, part of it, I don't think this is necessarily what she had intended, but I think part of it is that competitive drive in, a, in an elite athlete that said to her, hey, I'm going to win all these games. I'm going to make it to the final so that I can show off every single one of these things. And part of that might have been, too, that she was playing for the people that she was representing on the mask when she walked out onto the court uh, for the U.S. Open matches. So kudos to Naomi Osaka for a great year. And kudos to her for taking advantage of her platform to stand up and make a statement that she ultimately talked about it a lot in her post-game interviews, her post-match interviews about why she was wearing the mask, what the purpose was, where she got the inspiration from. We won't get into all that. I just want to shout her out for having the best mask of 2020. And I like the uh, jordan S confidence to say, you know what, I know I'm going to go to the finals. I know I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to have a mask for each of these games in advance. And every single one of these people who deserves to be recognized... We should still be alive today, I might add, gets recognized on this stage for the whole world to see. So kudos to her. That's my mask of the year. Yeah, the
0: creativity is, uh, it's simple. Don't get me wrong. It's very simple. It was a name. But the creativity behind the meaning just absolutely. I mean, like you said, you were looking around there wasn't I would say no matter what other mask you may have found, you you just it, it wouldn't be able to compete with the message that came behind this mask. And it's just ironic how the mask, a mask in itself is meant to cover the mouth. And yet this mask said more than any other mouth could. Yeah. So I just find the the meaning and and the impact behind the mask did so much that I couldn't even think of another mask that could even come close to the importance of this one. So yeah, by far, absolutely. Naomi nailed it on that one.
1: Yeah, she did a great job with that, and we congratulate her for a great year and for that championship win, but most importantly for the message she sent out that week. So moving right along to the next topic, we're going to go with best quote. Best Uh, quote of the year. Best quote of the year, so best soundbite, best thing that an athlete said, something that stood out, something that was eloquent, poetic, something that got the hairs on your arms standing up. Maybe not that, maybe, we're not, maybe you won't go that far with Mashro's quote that he has well, lined up for us, but it's still a great quote. See, w- w- when I think of a great quote, I mean, I-, I think outside the box because I don't know, a lot
0: of people seem to look for that quote that's like all inspiring or emotional, motivating, etc. These are all great quotes, but it's usually stuff you've heard before. Like, I'm not gonna just paraphrase a quote from somebody else back in the day, change a few words. Oh, it's so inspirational. I love it. I'm excited. No, 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 no. I did not go that path at all. I chose to take the path of blunt honesty and sheer comedy simply because my decision for quote of the year belongs to none other than the great
1: Mike Tyson. Yeah. I had a good wife who texted me that I had a good laugh when you texted me the quote. Like I had heard the quote before and then you texted it to me and I read it in Mike Tyson's voice and I had a good chuckle.
0: Iron Mike, in an interview, stated when asked by a reporter if he does in fact smoke marijuana, be it on his personal time or before fights, his answer simply was, listen, I can't stop smoking. I smoke during fights. I just have to smoke. I'm sorry. I'm a smoker. I smoke every day. I never stopped smoking. That, oh my that God. piece alone. That piece alone. I believe I mean, I'm
1: just <laughs> clapping at your I'm just I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just clapping at your mic. <laughs> that was fine. I was not I was not ready for that. I don't think I, was I, I, I wasn't
0: ready for that, but just the, just I think that might be the most honest thing anyone has said in 2020. All right. this day and age people are just stretching the truth lying left right and center to give themselves a better image iron mike shows up and just says yeah i smoke what are you gonna do about it that's who he is and he did it before matches he even did it before his bout with roy jones jr this quote to me just not only does it summarize 2020 in a sense because it was just such a, a a roller coaster and then you have Mike Tyson coming out just bluntly saying yeah i smoked what do you want
1: well, well just I the, the f- fact that we watched a competitive Mike Tyson boxing match in 2020 says a lot that alone yeah it says a lot, lot, about, says a lot about
0: 2020 yeah. so i just think i just think this quote here just gives me a, a general understanding of what we went through in 2020 which is yeah. For lack of better words, um, it happened. Screw
1: it. It's done. Move on. Yeah. I quickly want to rebut... I won't say it's a rebuttal because I like the Mike Tyson quote. I thoroughly enjoyed... I don't know if you watched The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan oh, documentary. Michael Jordan, yes, of course. On ESPN. Yes. You know, when I was thinking of a quote, I immediately thought of it became personal with me from Mike when describing specifically uh, George Carl in the 1996... NBA finals, George Carl and Mike, well, the the Bulls are at a restaurant. George Carl, the head coach of the Sonics, walks in the restaurant, walks by the table, doesn't say hi to Mike, doesn't acknowledge him. And I guess they must have had some prior relationship. But you know, in the finals, it's a bit of a different story. You're not really friends with the people that you're friends with on the other side. You know, I'm sure the Harbaugh brothers weren't buddy buddy leading up to the Super Bowl. Maybe they had a quick moment before the game, but in the lead up to it, you're not talking. And during the game, you're not talking. Anyways, George Carl walks in the restaurant, ignores Mike. Mike gets pissed off. People see this. The reporters saw two too that were report that were there on site. And in the documentary, Mike says, Okay, like, yo, this guy's gonna walk by me. It became personal with me. So that's what I was referring to when I wrote down the quote in my notes, I will quickly add that in doing a bit more research and going back because we watched this thing at the beginning of the year or during whatever March, whatever it was, Mike references this at least six times during the, during the last dance that it became personal for me. Mm -hmm. It became personal with me. I took that personally. I took that to heart. Everything became a, like you watched it. Most people watched it. This guy was a maniac, a competitive maniac in a good way. It became personal with me. Also on my list because it became one of the best memes of the year. And was ah. used countlessly on Twitter, Instagram for anything that related to it became personal to me. And we don't have time to go through all the memes that but it created. The power, the power of the meme, yes. But his quote, I think, will be one that resonates for a long time because it became personal with me just applies to a lot of things. So that's my pick. I love your pick, though. And right, I, well, that's, that's a great loved, example
0: of uh, only I, uh, like 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 a handful of words saying a lot more, like less is more in yeah, that case. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Like if you, if you attach that phrase to anyone else, it just like a, it's just another thing that that person said, sure, whatever. Okay. But when Michael Jordan says it and the way he said it in the context, he says it in, it takes on a whole different meaning. And that's why it yeah. spread the way it did. So I, I was just going to say, I loved your quote and I loved your Mike Tyson impersonation. Get ready for more athlete impersonations from Mastro in 2021, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. This yes, is turning into a, more of a comedy podcast, and a the, are you the next Frank Caliendo? Is that what we're going for here? I will not put myself in that league because I will get torched. Yeah, I've got like the John Madden, like here's a guy and the the tough act in ten acting and all that. We're not going to get into any of that. That's a that's some classic stuff right there. That's that might be out of your league, but the Mike Tyson impersonation, a that's, that's list stuff that I'm just the Mike Tyson impersonation was I give you like a good eight point five on ten. I was not expecting that. I'll take and it. Well, you, we'll send it to you, Rotten it's Tomatoes and see what they say. It's one of those that if you screw it up, you sound terrible, Yep. but if you nail it, you nail it and uh, <laughs> you, you really nailed it. So good job. Moving on from best quote, master, we got a kind of a, I don't want to call it a new segment, but kind of a spinoff of one of our segments. And I'll let you introduce that one.
0: Oh yeah. So this is, this is, uh, I like this. I love this part. So this segment, well, quote unquote segment, it's, it's a year end segment in a sense. So usually on our regular episodes, we'll do what's known as the uh, Fratelli Flex and flop of the week. Now this, you know, the flex uh, is, uh, we look at, we look at back at the week and one of us will choose uh, an outstanding moment from an athlete. Reversely, we have a flop of the week, something that maybe didn't really come off really well during that week. Something done by the athlete. So we're going to, we're going to expand this over the course of the entire year. And we're going to call it the Bello and Chooch of the year. Bello! And we're going to have to give some context, right? I mean, yeah.
1: give us Bello, the Be- Bello's
0: obvious, Bello's obvious, Bello's good. Bello's great. Yeah. When I, if I go to you and I say "Hey, Bello," it means you're. Yeah. But it, I mean, it translates to beautiful. I I, I think yeah. you are.
1: If yeah.
0: you In a. I've been calling way. you Bello for many years. Exactly. Yeah. But a Chooch, however, I mean, Chooch is a Chooch. Like it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's,
1: it's a negative. It's hard. It, yeah. It's like stupid an idiot. The direct translation, it's dumb. I guess. It's dumb. But you're dumb. You're dumb. It could it could be used in a multitude of ways. Yeah. Chooch is kind of like the the one. Insult that you can kind of get away with in uh, everyday situations without thoroughly insulting someone. I guess you could say
0: it's not a full insult.
1: Yeah, it's not a full insult. Like I don't. It's think usually like a playful. Yeah, it's usually like a playful insult. You know
0: exactly. So you know we'll 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 call it chooch of the year as in somebody who kind of you know you, maybe not a bad guy or, or like or when no, I turn not over a the, bad person, but just w- they they messed up.
1: When I turn over the puck, whether it's in real life or in NHL Twenty One. Both of
0: which happen frequently, by the way.
1: And Mastro has to chase back, chase down the guy that I just let go in on a breakaway. Mastro will call me a chooch, and I will say, Big "Yes, Mastro, Big that was a chooch move."
0: Oh, I don't know. I apologize. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe or, not. Ready. Or or, I,
1: or I'll argue with you at first, and then eventually go. I'll accept that. Yeah. Now uh, we're being Mike Tyson honest. In real life, I don't really argue because I usually know that I'm wrong. But in Shell, I know I'm usually screwing up (laughs) because in real life, I just, you know, it's all hands, no speed. And as you get older, the hands start to go too. you know, Uh, so we won't get into my declining hockey skills tonight. We're going to go ahead and give you our bellow and chooch of 2020.
0: Yeah. So, Maj, how about how about you start off? We'll start off positively. Uh, Do do you have a a bellow of the year?
1: Yeah, my bellow of the year was easy to pick. I went ahead and picked Laurent Duvernay-Tardif as my bellow of the year. What a homer. For those who don't know, yes, of course, I'm a homer. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the starting guard, one of the starting guards on the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs roster, uh, won a Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. And already that enough was probably enough to earn him bellow of the year. Uh, As someone who works in a U-sport team, for a U-sports team, So Canadian university team to see a guy come from obviously our rival at McGill, our Concordia, our rivals are McGill, the other English university on the Island of Montreal, but to see a guy from, uh, from our city, from our kind of group of teams from the, from the university ranks rise, not only as a draft pick already, that enough already, that was impressive. But the fact that now he's a modified starter on one of the best teams in the league, signed a huge deal in the off season, And it's just killing it, you know, this guy's a doctor, this guy's a a star athlete, uh, one of the nicest people you could meet, I got, I had an opportunity to meet him a couple years ago, took the time to have a conversation, took a picture, whatever, always has time for kids always has time for young athletes always has time to impart wisdom on others. Younger, older, doesn't matter. Sick, healthy. It's amazing that this guy even has time to sleep. To be quite frank, he's and also then, physically bellow. Yeah, he's physically. Yeah, exactly. He's a, yeah, he's you, a you, beautiful you, you said you said you were saying this before we started recording, and I knew you were gonna slide it in there. BS. He's a he's a fine looking fellow, and he's built like these o men have a rap of being like these big chunky guys. Not all this no, guy is no. built. He's Jack. He's Jack. Confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah, Confirmed. Jack. It's uh, it's wild to consider someone could almost be that perfect. But anyways. I digress. The pandemic hits and the NFL eventually decides they're going to play, but they give the option to, players to, the option to players to opt out. And many players did opt out, most of them for health or family reasons. But LDT decided I'm opting out because he decided to continue. He's a doctor, like I mentioned, and decided to stay on the front lines to help care for patients. His exact words, and here's the release. If I have to take risks, I will do it caring for patients. So the sheer selflessness and dedication he showed by staying back, he could have just taken his contract, his salary, who is scheduled to make 2.75 million this year. And one of the other things too, that people don't take into account is that regardless of the circumstances that this year has kind of presented athletes and teams with, there is no like goodwill in pro sports. You know, Uh, we saw what happened with Tuka Rask and the Bruins. He left the bubble to go care for his kid and the city of Boston erupted in flames. It was he like, this guy shamed. abandoned us. This guy had, yeah. So you can never win in these situations. But this guy said, no, I don't care. I'm staying home. I'm going to help at the long-term facility. He was working out in Longueuil. I'm not sure if he's still there. I know he was there through the summer. And even through all that, you know, he was still being a prominent voice in the community to say, hey, wear a mask. Stay home. Help us battle this thing. Uh, you can see across the world now, like, Politicians are imploring famous people to take the vaccine so that the public gets to see someone they idolize taking it and it'll alleviate some of the concerns that are surrounding the vaccine being released so quickly and all that stuff. Also say that uh, LDT put his community and his uh, province and his people first and his own personal gains second. And like I said, he could have easily just went back to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are on on another quest for a Super Bowl. He could be wearing a second ring Come February, he decided to stay home, do the right thing. Something that a lot of us would not have done, I can safely say. And for that, he's my bellow of 2020. Thank you for everything you've done, LDT. We can't wait to see you back on the field.
0: Yeah, good call, Manj. Good call. Definitely a good call there. Uh, I think selflessness is probably the the best word to describe him at this point, just based on his actions. Um, can't really argue with that bellow, to be honest. I mean, it, it, it's the same thing as if you look back at you know, our mask conversation. Um, there are definitely other athletes out there who have done a lot in the world of sport, but I don't think there's a lot of athletes who have made as much of a sacrifice as LDT has made, uh, not only for himself, but I mean, he's sacrificing a lot more here. Yeah, okay, he sacrificed the paycheck, he sacrificed the season, the ring, but he also put his own health at risk. For, for others, sure. Right? Which means that for risks sure. his
1: future with let's say in the nfl yeah definitely a good point that you made that he also put his own health on the line and his career on the line we'll see uh hopefully he doesn't get he hasn't been affected i don't think anything's been reported about his health so he should be okay but you know this thing is not over yet we're still uh we're still fighting it on a day-to-day basis as is he so master, now it's your time to shine once again time for the chooch of 2020
0: now with every bellow there's a chooch right so my my chooch of the year and and I hate I hate that it's also COVID related, but the entire year was COVID related, so we don't really have much option here. I'm gonna to have to give this one, and there were there were definitely a few candidates, but I'm I'm just based off of a series of events. I'm gonna to have to give this one to tennis's number one male player, Novak Djokovic. The reason for this is that in the midst of the COVID surge dead middle of summer i'm talking june july here does he decide to hold a sort of mini tournament called the adria tour and this was it, it wasn't it wasn't a, a very uh, well-announced tournament like not everybody it's not common knowledge in
1: a sense no, when it, it showed up on tsn i was yeah. just like oh okay
0: like all right sure
1: whatever you know but
0: for those who don't necessarily follow sports day in and day out this was this was right over their head like they had no idea and it's something that he likes to do it it, again uh, the intention may have been good in a sense that he wanted to raise money you know athletes would participate in games such as tennis and basketball and it would be it would it would be in like uh, multiple places in europe just like a fun little get together little tournament Uh, again players would play for free and any proceeds would be donated to foundations which is a great idea You know, the base of this idea is solid. However, when you come out and are quoted saying, you can also criticize us and say this may be dangerous, but it's not up to me to make calls about what is right and wrong for health. And this was quoted by, he he was quoted saying this by CNN. When you say things like that, because your tournament does not have any safety regulations Meaning masks were thrown aside, wasn't that important? Uh, people were sh- were seen hugging, shaking hands, celebrating together, partying after some events. It, it it just it doesn't look good for you. And then the worst, the absolute worst, is after all these these health recommendations were not followed. You see that Novak himself gets tested positive for covid his wife his family on top of that uh multiple contestants in this tournament coaches trainers all well not all but but uh, a lot of them tested positive i mean that is just to to quote another tennis player um austrian uh, i i'm going to say this wrong kirgios I, I tried my best nick kirgios nick kirgios i i'm going to i tried
1: all right we know what you're talking about we know what you're talking about
0: He comes out flat and just says, that is boneheaded. And I'm sorry, but he's right. This is such a stupid idea for him to simply ignore COVID and his excuse saying, oh, yes, but, uh, you know, because this happened in in Belgrade to begin with. He goes, yes, but our our numbers here are much better than the rest of the world, regardless of your numbers, man. It's going around. And you you look at other sports events, everybody, everybody took precautions. Yeah. What makes you so special? What, because you're the number one tennis player in the world?
1: You're, uh, you're exempt from these rules? No. You'd think tennis would be the easiest one to control the stuff, too. They're not would near each other. Think, you would think. All right? Like, you wouldn't even necessarily need to do... I mean, you should have. They should have done testing. But if you really didn't want to do testing, all you had to do, show up to the place, sanitize your hands, don't go near each other, hit the ball back and forth, and that'd probably Couldn't be fine. Do that. Couldn't yeah. even do that. And, I think and it was the party that did the minimum.
0: Madge, it, it gets worse. It Does gets it get worse? worse. Oh my
1: it god. It gets
0: worse. It gets worse. Tell me. Tell me on worse. Our, our our friend here, uh known as the Joker, who clearly thought COVID was a joke when it wasn't, fast forward to the US Open that we were speaking about earlier. He shows up to the US Open. Doesn't he get disqualified for crushing a ball into a line's person's throat yeah, after was he was frustrated? Thought. Yeah. Look, don't get me wrong again. Sure, it's an accident, but what are you doing? It's as yeah. if it's just a ripple effect of chooch moves. It's chooch moves. That's what chooch it is. moves. It's making chooch, chooch moves. moves. He's making chooch moves. I like it. Was that. Overall, bad, bad, bad year for nobody. Is he gonna lose a bit of reputation? Maybe He's still the number one tennis player, right? He's still gonna show up next year for the Grand Slam probably and crush it. But I just the, the year 2020 just he made a lot of decisions that were not yeah. very smart. And again, there were other candidates, I thought, for this, but none of them were as impactful, like negatively impactful, not only on the sport, not only on himself, but on other people. And yeah, sure, you can come out afterwards and apologize for it. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. But these are things, these are mistakes you can't make. All right. Apologize as much as you want. You know, I murder somebody. I can't come back and be like, oh, sorry, I didn't think they'd die. You know, like it it doesn't work that way.
1: Novak had a pretty good reputation and was a fan favorite for many uh, just because he's kind of like a funny witty guy and he'd have like these quirky interviews and he kind of shoot from the hip in his interviews and make the crowd laugh. It was kind of like these feel good moments. And obviously for years there was Roger and uh, Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal. And now Joker has surpassed both of them as those two kind of hit the twilight of their career granted, but he was dominating even while those guys were still relevant. They're still relevant. You know what I mean? When they were at their prime prime. Yeah. So this guy was like the third, the third, you know, big force in tennis and he kind of had this fun loving personality and he was intense, but he was also sharp with his tongue. And then, you know, now all this stuff happens and all that shine, all that luster is wiped away. I think. And it's going to take a while for him to, yeah. I don't think Novak has the cachet that Tiger Woods has. Like Tiger did a lot of bad stuff in his life. And yet today, Tiger is still beloved by millions. Yep. Um, but Tiger's actions affected a handful of people around him. Whereas Novak here, organizing the tournament, the parties, the denial, the the nonchalance about everything going on, it could have indirectly affected a lot more people. We don't even know. Like we don't know who else spread the disease after those parties, even just walking by someone in the street or at a store yeah. or wherever. So um, uh, he, he's definitely taking a hit to his reputation. And I like that chooch of the year pick. I want to counter with one and see what you think. I would have gone with Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder had a chance this year to, well, he did revamp the the face of the franchise, the the Washington football team got rid of their name. But the only reason they got rid of the name is because all those sponsors said they would pull their funding if they didn't change the name. So he was basically rightfully bullied into changing the name. And then the Washington Post reports, based on the stories of four and multiple women came out after two, the the, the culture of sexual harassment, misogynistic and toxic behavior in the Washington organization. What does that signer do? He goes out. He actually did a good thing by hiring two prominent people in the in the organization Jason Wright is the president now of the team, and he's a, the first Black president, if I'm not mistaken, in the NFL. And he hired a woman as their digital media PR person to run, oversee all that side of the organization. Great. But that doesn't change the fact of all the stuff we've done over the past X number of years. And finally, now everything that's going on with the minority owners, threats being thrown around, and then Dan Snyder was reported as settling over a million dollars with someone for a sexual harassment suit in 2009. The past week has been a a tire fire for Dan Snyder and I'm pretty sure he also was the one that told Jay Gruden last year to take Dwayne Haskins and look where Dwayne Haskins is now. That would have been my pick but I like the Novak pick. Novak had you know you didn't expect it from Novak. I expect it from Dan Snyder. You don't expect it from Novak and I think that's a good pick for Chooch. I don't know what you think of the Dan Snyder pick but I I would say
0: I would say Dan Snyder is a substantial runner-up to Novak simply because of the impact that Novak would have had on multiple people whereas the dan schneider issue definitely makes an impact don't get me wrong like like schneider needs to get off the Schneider big time he's got to start making some some
1: right decisions but
0: i just don't like i don't know the the name of a football team (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: okay it was more the other it was more of the other stuff it wasn't so much the name
0: but again some of those things date back to god knows what year and we're, we're i mean i was i was strictly thinking about 2020 here
1: yeah you're right so Novak again, is you're tchuch. not,
0: you're not, you're not wrong in the sense that Dan Schneider deserves like a honorary Chooch mention, maybe.
1: Maybe he could be like a lifetime Chooch award. Maybe one of those next year. Oh, like one of, yeah, we'll do like a, like a Chooch of the decade, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'll be, he'll be in there. That's for sure. Oh put yeah. will be the first one on we, the list.
0: It's safe to say Dan Schneider has made some bad decisions. <laughs> Let's put it yeah, that way.
1: Yeah. So your Chooch of the year is Novak Djokovic. Novak, yeah. Joker, Joker's my Chooch. Yeah. The Joker with no jokes this year. The Chooch of 2020, according to Mastro, we're halfway through Mastro. We got two big ones left. We'll jump right into the next one. This one I'm excited for. I think we'll get a a good argument going with this one. The best game of the year. So we both picked a game that we felt was the best, most entertaining game of 2020. I came very close to picking last week's Dolphins win over the Raiders, but I didn't want to be biased even though Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a ball 50 yards with his head being cranked behind. His eyes were pretty much behind his head when he threw that ball. We're not going to rehash that whole game. I'm going to let you go first. What is your best game of 2020? Okay,
0: so this was not easy. There were quite a few good games. I was honestly contemplating the Browns-Ravens of a few weeks ago, which we actually spoke about. Poop, Poop gate gate. We're gonna, are we calling it poop Yeah,
1: games? We're calling it poop we're calling it poop gate poop right gate. here on the podcast. Poop yeah. gate.
0: Okay. So it's going to be it's going to be jotted down as poop gate as future reference. I mean, I was thinking about that game just out of the sheer excitement of how that game ended. And the way I rate the excitement of a game is is how sweaty my palms get when I'm watching it. Okay?
1: Just just More your palms. Sweat
0: well, and, and other areas that I <laughs> will not mention.
1: But other, cre- other crevices the, that we will the, the, mention. Other, the,
0: <laughs> the level of sweat that accumulates across my body during the course of that game is how I rate how how well that game will stack when so it comes did to
1: you like did you wring like, out the sweat into a measuring cup and then you kind of it and compare like you wrote to, you took some notes over the course of the year about how much sweat you'd like no see
0: I, no not, not not that's a bit extra. No, well.
1: Do you see, go by the smell? I, do you go by like how, how, damp, wow, no, like drenched your shirt is? Like how do you is, decide which is, one is the sweatiest?
0: This is bordering disgusting.
1: Um, well, you have, you have a science background. I want to see how you see it's, um,
0: it, it's sort of a damposity scale where it think of it as the barometer for sweat.
1: So is that an actual thing or you just made that up? I absolutely made that up. Okay. You could have, you could have fooled me. I don't know. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Uh, no. So uh, it's basically the level of moisture that I have built up in certain areas of the body. So for example, uh, when you're Uh, sweating, usually, usually, you know, your shirt, you know, you get that, those pit stains, right? Yeah. For example,
1: yeah. so or the back stains,
0: uh, the, oh, yeah, the middle of the back, like down the crease yeah. there of the back. Yeah. yeah, so for example, let's take a pit stain. For example, if you measure the diameter of that pit stain, <laughs> right? The greater the diameter, the greater da- the damposity. It's just it, the it's, damposity. It, it's damposity, it's simple, it's simple math to be honest. It may be a little bit over your. Level of education, but not yeah, not, to <laughs> not to worry. Uh, if if you'd like the uh, the algorithm, uh, I can I can definitely have the formulas. Oh, there's an algorithm too, yeah. I'm, there's no there, there are specific formulas. If you'd like, please uh, tweet us. If you'd like me to send you a, a cheat sheet on the formulas that I've if made.
1: You gr- if you have any graphs or. Or PowerPoint presentations. I have a That'd few pie charts. I have a few pie charts. There you charts. go. You all right, get to, to the get the pie to pie the game because people are now picturing your sweaty armpits. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God knows what else. So let's go ahead and see which game made you drip all over the floor.
0: This this is I'm gonna <laughs> throw you for a loop. I'm gonna throw you for a loop because I picked a baseball game.
1: Okay, okay, baseball can be exciting.
0: Baseball, I mean, look in general, baseball, baseball gets is a bad rap exciting. for being a
1: slow. Baseball gets a bad rap for being a slow sport. But this game was next level.
0: World Series Game for Rays and Dodgers. If you know anything about sports, you know that this game happened. You know what happened in this game. But if you don't, let me give you a quick recap. Dodgers are up 7-6 to six in the ninth inning. I will tell you, the entire game was a shootout, thus making it exciting already. I mean, there were runs batted left, right, and center. There were homers all over the place. Pitching, <laughs> pitching wasn't that good that game, you know? But then again, it, it was a long World Series. It, it was the fourth game. There were a lot of back-to-backs. Guys were getting tired. It's understandable. Game was a shootout. Let's. We're going to fast forward all the way to the ninth inning, all right? The very last out of the nine, ninth inning, okay? Tampa's up. They're down by one, okay? Seven to six. Brett Phillips. Who? Who? Ooh. owls are out brett phillips Ooh. nobody knows this guy why because maybe it's because his batting average up until that point was 176 yeah. the guy hadn't hit a run in 30 games does i
1: could it hit be, 176 does
0: it, I, i'm pretty sure your batting average would be better even if you bunt
1: yeah and i wasn't a good hitter
0: he wasn't he was a decent pitcher though match can match can fling the ball though yeah. He can fling it, yeah, but he, he can't hit it. <laughs> but uh, not so my Brett, forte. Phillips, Brett Phillips, pure no-name, guy shows up. He wasn't even on the roster before. Shows up to the plate, ninth inning, last out. He's got two guys on base, right? You got Kiermaier on second, Rosarang on first. Doesn't this, I mean, I don't want to say no-name. Obviously, the guy's known. He's, he's He made it to the bigs. But doesn't this, probably most likely very underrated player, uh, not very well-known, doesn't he crush one to center field? He lines one to center, right? So we're like, okay, Kiermaier from second, he's going to score. That's a tie game. That's that's fair. We're going to get in some nice overtime. No, no, no. No, no, no. Center fielder bobbles the ball, probably because he's looking at if Rosarenga is going to go for home. So he bobbles in center. Rosarenga gets waved around. So he's gutting it for home plate, right? So now Taylor, the center fielder, has to go, you know, he has to go pick up the ball. He's scrambling, trying to get that ball to fire it towards home. Rosarenga is on his way home. He's going to make it. Doesn't he stumble over his own damn feet, fall down, start rolling on the floor halfway to home? Catcher has no idea. So when he goes to catch the the, the relay, he goes to make the tag right away. Ball goes off his mitt behind home plate. A Rosarang has to get up, run to, back towards third, break, run towards home, finally slide in tap the plate and the Rays win all that happens in a span of like less than 20 seconds.
1: Yeah. That was one of the wildest ends of a baseball game I've ever seen in my life to the point where I'm having watched sports for so many years. I don't usually get vocal if it's like a random game, like I'll still be into it and I'll still react, but I won't get up and emote the same way I would like the way I did when the dolphins won this weekend. Yeah. But when that happened, when you know, Brett Phillips was running around and that final run came in and everything was just, it's so much, like, you know, when Bob Cole said everything is happening, that was one of those moments. That was one of those moments. So you, you beautifully described it. Definitely one of the best games of the year. I don't know if you want to add anything else like that. Even the post game was pretty entertaining. I don't know if you remember the the million times that they showed Brett Phillips rounding second, as he saw what was happening. And then think, he well, saw the last face, run and goes face, in
0: the, the reaction and he's flying
1: into the outfield and he's like running away from the guys and they're trying to catch him. Oh, it was a beautiful, it beautiful. Was such, it was
0: such a, a great scene after the game. And I, I couldn't think of another game this year that just made me so happy for no reason. I, I don't like the Rays in particular. I'm not a Dodgers fan, but for some reason, this made me so happy just because it's as if everything just fell into place for these guys. Now, granted, they totally botched the rest of the World Series, but we're not going to get there.
1: Yeah, we Game don't need to talk about Kevin was, Cash and Blake Stallone. Absolutely
0: incredible and like i said i was sweating because i couldn't handle what was going on at first i thought oh damn this low name hit the ball so i'm freaking out but then I, you know you calm down you're like oh okay it's just gonna be a tie game oh he balls is at center down oh, he's gonna make it right then he trips oh he's not gonna make it okay it's still a tie game but then the guy misses the ball you're, you're excited again you're like oh damn he's gonna make it up and down up and down in a matter of 30 make, seconds
1: i was freaking out you make a you're 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 your natural Vince Scully, or maybe more Harry Carey, if I may. Harry. With Carey. your description. Oh. With your description of the. uh it's not you know, a very good there. description.
0: I'm describing what my <laughs> brain was trying to process <laughs> at the time of the event. Yeah, and there was a lot what? going on. I wonder. I actually wonder. Shout out to our, our very good friend, Jordan, who is a diehard race fan. I don't even yeah. want to know how much he crapped his pants during that that, that 30 oh, yeah. second fan.
1: Jordan tweets a lot during games that his teams are playing in. And Excessively. He was tweeting. Like it's usually complaining about the refs or his team But this time. He was actually had something positive to say about Griff Phillips, and the Rays winning. That's a great pick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you though, as I'm to do as I've been doing since the day I met you, because you're usually wrong about most things as you are with this one. That game was great, but I'm going to take it to the ice and I'm going to go to the Toronto bubble because this happened in the first round in the Toronto bubble. So last year, the Columbus Blue Jackets shocked the world, the hockey world and the world, I guess, in general, by not only beating Tampa Bay, the vaunted Tampa Bay Lightning, but sweeping them in the first round. And not only sweeping them, but being down three nothing in the first game, coming back and winning that, that first game four three and then subsequently sweeping the lightning and blowing up, I'd say, 99 percent of brackets around the world who had Tampa Bay, including my own that had Tampa Bay. In the finals that year, fast forward to 2020 COVID happens. We have the preliminary matchup where the uh, last five or last four playoff teams in each conference played the f- final four bubble teams that were like the, t- the nine to 12 seed that probably didn't deserve to be there. Most of them, Well, whatever they did that, the blue jackets beat your Leafs, which no one considered a surprise because the Leafs just are going to do what the Leafs do and choke you in big just games. Said,
0: you just said the Habs didn't even deserve to be there.
1: I said that, but yeah, the Habs didn't deserve to be there, but they won, which they probably shouldn't have, but it worked out. But the Leafs should have been there and should have won easily. And then they then they also get shut out. Oh, now it's the COVID Cup during the playoff run. During the playoff run, it was okay, but now it's the COVID Cup. The best it's team in the league, the best team in the league, won, so it does matter. We're not going to get this argument now. You're wrong again, and you're just salty because the Leafs lost it to Columbus, a, a Columbus team that lost. Sergey Bobrovsky, Artemi Panarin, Matthew Shane, and others, but I digress. I, I wouldn't
0: want to win the COVID Cup,
1: to be honest. All right, all right. When you win any cup, come call me, okay? But anyways, not that I can really talk as a hobson. fan, but I digress. <laughs> so the Lightning in Columbus, it's the rematch of last year, and we had the first overtime, and nothing happened. We had the second overtime, nothing, nothing happens. I actually had something that day, okay? I watched the beginning of that game. I left for my appointment, and when I came home, the game was still going on. Third overtime, fourth overtime, finally in the fifth overtime, after a combined 151 shots on net, a combined 92 block shots, a combined 105 hits in 150 minutes and 27 seconds of hockey, Braden Point finally put one in past Eunice Corpisalo, who actually broke the record for saves in a game with 85 saves. That's ridiculous. 85 saves is usually the amount of saves a goalie might make, what, two or three games, sometimes even four games, depending on the the type of hockey that was being played. This guy made 85 saves and beat the record that Kelly Rudy set uh, in 1987. So that's how long it had been since a goalie had made that many saves in a playoff game. Even Vasilevsky made 61 saves and he was not busy. Like 61 saves in five periods, that seems manageable. But 85 against the Lightning, no less. A goal performance for the ages. Kind of a fluke goal. Kucherov takes a shot off the half wall, hits Gavrikov, it injures him. Everyone's kind of stunned by the guy leaning over. He's kind of like leaning and drifting towards the corner. He's out of the play now. Brain point just picks up a loose puck in the slot. It wasn't even a hard shot. It was kind of like a, a flicker, like a knuckleball snapshot that just Capricorn just didn't read it right or didn't see it right. And it went in. And I think in that moment right there, all the demons were exercised from the year before. Like it, most of us thought it would take the whole series that it would take the Lightning actually beating Columbus to exercise all those demons from last year. But I think going through that, if they had lost that game, forget it. I think they would have gotten swept again, to be quite frank with you. They end up winning. These are the kinds of moments like we saw even with Washington a few years ago when Lars Eller brought the Washington Capitals back from the brink with an overtime goal. These are the moments that define Stanley Cup runs. This was the game that everyone was watching Even even non-hockey fans, I heard, wow, there's a hockey game in the fourth, third overtime, fourth overtime, fifth overtime. You know why? Because on that channel, there was probably some random TV show that was supposed to be on after the game that, you know, some seven-year-old lady was like tuning in for the news or tuning in for whatever random soap opera was supposed to be on next. So it was the middle of the afternoon. The game ended so late that they had to postpone all the games that night and some of the games the next morning because we were in the bubble, right? There was only one ice rink. It was remarkable. It's a game I'll never forget game i'm glad i got to see the end of and it's definitely the best game of 2020
0: um no
1: no no, no the baseball game no, the, no. the baseball game was much better i i didn't sweat during that overtime. it was exciting oh. well oh, like, hockey rinks hockey on. rinks hockey rinks are a bit like, colder you have yeah. more ventilation yeah i wasn't in the rink but well it was summer so <laughs> no, you were home I, I don't know air conditioning
0: I don't know. I mean, like it it wasn't even the final. Like it was game 1. It doesn't
1: matter. Like, it was a it, five overtime game. It was historic. It was something we'd never seen before. We've seen guys screw up in center field before. We've seen bad base running. We've seen last minute plays in all sports, but a five overtime hockey game that was end-to-end okay, end okay, for the most okay. the majority having, of Having
0: having those errors and that slip and all that happened in one play, but that's know.
1: my point. You're only going to remember it for that one play, ultimately, and you're probably only going to remember this game. for I don't the one remember goal. anything
0: about that five overtime
1: game, to be honest. But the but the excitement of it lasted for eight periods of hockey, and it was a good eight. period. It was two full hockey. It was almost three full hockey games in one. I'm sorry, I, I
0: was getting annoyed. It's like I getting. Really a, it's, like getting a, it. It it's, it's like getting a end It's like getting a
1: super. It was okay. Maybe it was a bit too. It was long, like watching
0: you know, Lord of the Rings.
1: Okay, I want you to long. imagine. Uh, yeah, well, we can get to Lord of the Rings another day as a whole. I have some stories on Lord of the Rings, but we won't get into that today. If this game was played in front of fans, you wouldn't be saying that because the fans would have added another element like th- this game took so long that they added a seventh inning stretch on the screen. I don't know if you remember that on the big yeah, screens okay. in the arena. That, 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 that and obviously a nice there was joke, no fans. But I mean, I don't see it.
0: I, I don't see how I, I
1: it I, was a once in a lifetime thing. The baseball thing will probably happen again next year at some point. No, no, there's no
0: way. There's no way that same incident happens again. There's no way.
1: It could. A guy boxes a a ball. Another game could go
0: to five OTs. It could.
1: Well, it's only happened four times in the history of NHL. So when's it going to happen again? Well, it could happen next year. It could, but is it going to? It's unlikely. But it's likely that a player will bobble a throw at the end of the game. We've seen it many times. Remember the Mets game? In the World Series? In the World Series. Okay, maybe not in the World Series. Fine. But we've seen some classic World Series games too. We could argue about this all night. I'm going with the hockey game. You're going with the baseball game. Either way, Mastro. We all win because we had something entertaining to watch during this year where there was not much else going on. And my the only regret, I mean, there was fans at the world series, but my only regret is that there was no fans for some of those games in the bubble because the hockey was still elite level hockey. Yeah, And it was what we've, it was different, but it was the same. It's what we had become accustomed to seeing just in a different venue. So with that, we're done with the best games of the year and we got one left and it's been a great episode so far, Mastro, and I commend you for all your hard work in 2020. And now I want you to commend the hard work of the Female Athlete of the Year. Who do you got?
0: Yes, Madge. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be giving us the Female Athlete of the Year. This is based off of the Madge and Mastro podcast, of course. It's uh, specifically ours. So I'm actually going to go back to the beginning of our podcast. Uh, we mentioned this individual already. This woman is incredibly inspirational. Both. On and off the playing surface that she uses, just so I don't give it away immediately. Yeah. Um, but the the reason I chose this person is uh, is basically. Because I believe she's in an overall model, role model for what athletes should aspire to be or the ambition they should have towards how they should mold themselves as an athlete, not only for what they do in their sport, but what for what they do either in their community, in the world, on a global level. So the person I have chosen for Female Athlete of the Year is none other than our creative mass designer, Naomi Osaka. Fantastic and choice. And the reason for this is because, you know, we mentioned earlier the statement she made during the U.S. Open, but I'd like to run through as well some of the other things she's accomplished throughout the year. And I will come back to that U.S. Open because it's very important. It's vital. Uh, so just off the bat, Associated Press also names her female athlete of the year Okay, by their standards. And, and she she pretty much won that. By a landslide um runner-up was uh, Sabrina Inescu uh also obviously a very good candidate but again Naomi won this by a mile and I think the reason for that is you know let's recap the year she goes 16 and 3 she wins the U.S. Open as you mentioned earlier but during that U.S. Open Right before her semifinal, she decides she is not going to play her semifinal because that was at the same time as the Jacob Blake shooting that obviously shocked the world, not just the sports world, shocked the world, uh, was all over the news. And the, uh, the reason this is so important to me is because we know what happened in the NBA when this occurred. Teams came together, said, We're not playing today uh, with respect to what happened. We want to send a message. We're, just, we're, we're not playing on this day. And the league, had no choice because I mean, you can't continue if you have no teams that are willing to play. So the league was literally forced to postpone everything. In this case, you have one 23 year old woman. She's 23, right? We have to remember this. She's a pro athlete, but she's still only 23. One 23 year old woman decides that she's not playing the semifinal of her U.S. Open. Nobody else came to this decision. She came out on her own and decided this. She could have very simply been told. You know what, Naomi? Um, you're disqualified because you're not going to play. No, nope, no. Nope. She had the guts to come out, stand by what she believed in, and one 23-year-old woman says, "I'm not playing," and this is why. And the rest of the tennis world just follows. It definitely be hard to make
1: a. It can be hard to make a stand like that when you're a single individual, as opposed to a full NBA team. Exactly. A full. Whatever team.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about organizations as a whole that came together. This was one woman who stood up, voiced her opinion, and everyone followed suit. She had no idea what was going to happen when she did that. She had no clue that tennis would postpone as well. They did gladly, obviously, and I, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of I was hoping they would when she made that statement because it would be uh, pretty damaging if they didn't. But in a sense, she had no idea what was going to happen. So she put her career aside, she put her her game aside, she put her hard work aside, and she said I'm not playing this game based on what happened, and it just tied in so well to the rest of what she was doing during that tournament, all right? And and if you move forward, right? You look at everything she's accomplished during the year. I think the best the best thing she said all year was in in an email interview with NBC when she was asked, "What do you look towards?" As goals for 2021. She didn't mention winning anything. She didn't mention any sort of title or record. All she said was work hard, do better, speak up, be kind. Those four things are exactly what every single athlete, let alone athlete, every single person should aspire to be. So I think for these reasons and for the changes that she's made, not just in the tennis world, but she had an impact worldwide, because I am certain that everyone's heard about this story. One 23-year-old woman made that much of an impact. I believe she deserves the female athlete of the year.
1: Yeah, she's a boss on the court and off the court, straight up. To sum up what you said, which you said very eloquently, I might add, she is a force to be reckoned with with a tennis racket in her hand and a force to be reckoned with in society in a good way. In a good way. That uh, she could do something like that and it resonate the way it did. She, uh, she's she been great on and off the court this year. So I thoroughly enjoy that pick.
0: We do have the male athlete of the year to look forward to as well. So That's based right. on the Imagine Mastro podcast, I'd like you to present the male athlete.
1: With pleasure. And you're going to see a bit of a trend here. And as you were talking, it kind of got me thinking about how in the past, this award was strictly awarded or not just i mean this is the first time we're doing it but if we talk about yeah in general when we do these end of year athlete of the year time athlete of the year ap athlete of the year cp athlete of the year it's for the most part based on athletic achievement yeah so whatever teams or player uh, players win stanley cup they win uh super bowl they win they do this they do that they win individual accolades they put up numbers they succeed in their sport and they get rewarded for it for their on-field, on-court, on-ice achievements. Both of our athletes of the year did that in their sport, but also had big impacts off the court as well. And my athlete of the year is none other than LeBron James. And it might seem like the easy choice, but it's the right choice. Uh, LeBron, for most of his career, especially after he came back to Cleveland, his second stint in Cleveland, even parts of his time in Miami, but especially the last few years, with the rise of everything going on in the world. And I guess uh, since Donald Trump ran for office pretty much, when LeBron aligned himself with Hillary Clinton and advocated for her, I wouldn't say he necessarily advocated for her. I think he just advocated against Donald Trump's message. But I digress. He's become more and more of a social justice champion. And his voice is one of the loudest in the world. I mean, everyone recognizes LeBron James, anywhere this guy goes, people know who he is. His voice carries weight. And this guy has not done a single controversial thing in his life. Family man, high school sweetheart, has kids, builds a family, loves his hometown, always repping Akron, Ohio. Sure, he went to go play other places. You know, whatever. Like the man's allowed to do what he wants to do. Maybe the decision was controversial. Fine, the way he did it, we don't have to get into that. But in terms hey, of like you actual that team
0: a championship,
1: yeah. In terms Are of actual not- controversy, yeah. Like in terms of bad stuff, like he has never had any of Tiger stories. He's never had oh, any of no. these like James Harden stories. Some of these uh, stars in the NBA always have this sidebar that goes along with their athletic achievement. This guy is just a great on and off the court and I'm a big LeBron fan. So maybe a bit biased, but I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by saying the things I'm saying. So LeBron off the court, a strong champion for social justice started a nonprofit called more than a vote, which partnered with the NAACP legal defense fund to help recruit election workers and also pushing for sports arenas and stadiums to open as safe polling places during the pandemic. Obviously people were hesitant to go out and vote in person, which is why we saw so many uh, mail-in ballots, which is why it took forever to realize or to see that Joe Biden actually won the election. Again, we're not going to get into the politics of all this, but him along with some other athletes, we're trying to find ways. And we know the history of voter suppression in the United States, and it doesn't help now that you're in the middle of a pandemic. And the fact that the guy running for office is constantly berating, you know, Uh, war veterans, uh, immigrants, people of color, people that don't conform to what he thinks of the way the United States should operate. And LeBron James didn't have to say anything, but he did. And we commend him for that. And he's, he's put his, those uh, words into action. he also opened his, I promise schools over the course of the last few years that gives opportunities to you know at-risk youth and youth in the cleveland area who does that like we hear about people opening schools in africa and different parts of the world um but to start where he started in the united states is uh is beyond words honestly it's uh it's something that he should be commended for long after he's retired. It's an impact and a legacy that he, even he has said is more important than anything he's going to do on the basketball court. But in terms of what he did on the basketball court, another MVP-worthy season, didn't win it. Giannis won it again, but LeBron is like Jordan. He could win it every year. His numbers are good enough that he could win it every year. It's just voters that, you know, we got to find someone different. It's got to be, you know, all they find reasons not to give it to him as opposed to look for the, at the numbers and, get, and just give him the, the damn trophy. But the trophy that he really wanted was that fourth ring. He took the Lakers there in the bubble. They took down the Miami heat in the finals with the help of Anthony Davis. He, and they, he got his fourth ring and he's well on his way. I hope to catching MJ. So we can really have the debate about who's the goat. But for me, it's everything LeBron did off the court while being great on the court. And the guy is 36. He's not a young buck anymore. He just turned 36 a couple of days ago. He was 35 in the bubble, obviously. And you know, we've seen guys over the past few years. Yeah. Yeah players are lasting longer in sport. Like Tom Brady still played is still playing even in hockey. uh, Zidane Charis still playing. He just signed with the Washington Capitals. We didn't talk about that today. My point being that these old guys can still ball. They can still play. And LeBron is not just playing, but he's excelling and he's the best in the league at that age. So for me, it's no question it's LeBron James male athlete of the year point. final. he's, he's my goat, but I never saw MJ play live. I can see the arguments for both. I hope we can just accept both of them for their greatness and just be done with it. But that won't be the case. But for this year, 2020, it was LeBron James' year on the court and off the court.
0: Braun Braun takes it on the Imagine Master podcast. And what I like in that is, you know, we make our decision based off of straight up facts. There's no, oh, he got it last year, so we can't give it to him again. There's no, oh, well, maybe somebody else should get a turn. Nope. Nope. We don't give a damn. No. Nope. If you win it five years in a row because you deserve it, then you get it five yeah. years in a row. Yeah. Plain and like simple. We should
1: have like, we like master should have won MVP of our beer league hockey league five years in a row, but never did we because should. they don't have an MVP. award.
0: We don't have one, but we should. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a defensive player of the year, please. Yeah. Oh yeah. That one for
1: sure. That one's <laughs> without question. That one is named after you. So with that, we've wrapped up the Chow 2020 episode. It was a long one, but it was a great one. We got but through it's a
0: lot. It's time to put 2020 in the bin, I think.
1: Yeah, it's time to ball it up and fade away in your, in your chair. Yeah. Hit that Kobe throw, and throw swish the, it. Throw the trash. Swish it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Throw it right in the trash. Mastro, uh, I won't ask you to look back anymore. I'm going to ask you to look forward. 2021 is mere hours away. Yeah. And I know you're going to eat good tonight. I know you're probably going to pop some champagne, maybe just to get uh, some bubbly in you. Necessarily celebrate the
0: year. I want want to feel like I'm actually celebrating, you know?
1: What I guess we're celebrating what's coming in the future, not what has happened in the past. So, what are you toasting to in 2021?
0: So, my hope for the new year is that we actually somehow get to keep doing this podcast. And, well, we will that nothing gets in the way of it, and that I actually get to do it face-to-face with you, because I feel like that would add so much more character to this. Uh, It would would feel a lot more, I want to say it would just feel a lot more comfortable because generally when we have these conversations, and we've mentioned this before, we are usually side-by-side or face-to-face or watching a game or having a drink or enjoying ourselves. And not to say that, you know, the whole video chat conference doesn't work but we can all say it's not the same and i'm sure you agree so my hope my aspiration for the next year is just that you know putting everything else aside the the whole situation with covid is just that we get to continue to do what we're doing here because i feel like both mentally and and Physically, I feel just much better doing this with you. And I'm just happy that I have a friend that is willing to tolerate all my crap to do this with.
1: I appreciate that. It's definitely not crap. It's fun. It's been fun. We, <laughs> we never really spoke about the history of the, the the start of this. But at the beginning, Mastro just won a podcast. And uh, with my schedule being at sporting events four or five, six times a week, when I was expecting sports to come back, I thought it would be tough to commit to that. But I was willing to help Mastro out a little bit. And Mastro kept working, kept plugging away, kept building the foundation of the Magic Mastro podcast. And eventually when all the sports got canceled, I said, well, I have time on my hands. Let's go do something fun with my boy. We we usually see each other at least once a week at hockey, if not more. And we that kind of went by the wayside. So this is kind of a way our way to chill, hang out, talk sports and yell at each other and call each other idiots and chooches. Yeah. Chooch. Or bellow every once in a while, but mostly chooches.
0: Every so often. There's more chooches, I find.
1: And I think that people are going to be in for some great banter and a great product. Once we get to do this in a studio together, or face to face, it might not be a, an actual studio, but it'll be in some sort of way that we can, if it gets heated, you know, I can go ahead and give you a smack. You can, uh, you can, you can throw your hands in disgust and I can feel the wind of your hands being thrown up in the air and flailing back and forth, causing a gust of wind into like my an, like ball, like an into audible, my bu-
0: an audible gust of wind, like an audible my, smack that
1: everyone can through hear through my through my bald scalp and into my big beard that people haven't seen yet, but you can see is coming in quite nicely. It is. And actually, it's beautiful.
0: It's it's very uh, LDT
1: esque. Yeah, it's it's getting there. It's it's it's. I got a nice beard comb for Christmas, so that's helped. Ooh. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. helped. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to do this in person with you. My hope for 2020, uh, for 2021 rather, is that we yeah. never talk about 2020 again. Nope. I want to go back to. Watching sports live. I went from 2015 going to Pan Am Games, 2016 at Tourism Montreal, going to international sporting events, then working for the Alouettes. So, being at Molson Stadium constantly, going on my own to Habs games. And then, with the Stinger, is at every single sport that we play football, hockey, basketball, soccer, high level sport at uh, the university level. So, I've been in sporting events uh, my whole life, really, but especially these last five years. And now to go from being at a sporting venue every day or every second day to none at all in the past year has been tough. So I can't wait to get back to a venue. I think once we get back into like either a Bell Center, uh Saturday night game or a night on the Hill, or even if baseball comes back for like one of those Jays games, anything, really anything at this point, it's going to be with all those people back together together strangers in the night but in that moment all united by whatever sport is being played on the field that's going to be something that i think will resonate for the rest of our lives it hasn't happened yet but when it does it's going to be special i can feel it uh it's something that i can't wait to be back and you know what i'm probably going to be there with you because you're the guy that i call when i need to go to a sporting event if it's cricket if it's bocce if it's whatever. I know you'll be darts. there. So I can't I wait. Even darts. I'll go watch, I'll go watch darts. darts. Yeah. As long as it's a stadium and there's alcohol and there's a lot of people and everyone's having a good time. That's what I'm looking forward to. So can't wait to be back. Even if it's the cold, hard bleachers at Wilson Stadium that uh, yeah. leave your butt sore the next day. I bring, I
0: bring, my, my, bring my butt.
1: Yeah, we got the seat cushions. You know? Yeah, we got the seat cushions. Those are always good to have. But uh, I can't wait for that. And that was Chow 2020. So follow us on Twitter at MadgeMastropod. There is some exciting things coming in 2021 that we won't divulge yeah. just yet but uh it'll be a surprise don't forget, don't forget about us we're we're coming in strong here things are growing the empire is being built the the bricks the foundation is being laid piece by piece like the Miami Dolphins uh, dynasty that is slowly being built from the rubble being built back up into a behemoth that uh well i would have said You know, Trevor Lawrence might have been the guy that we have to kind of take over, but I guess that's not happening anymore, is it, Macho? So maybe like another few years of Sam Darnold. Maybe to go sign. So
0: annoyed.
1: Maybe we'll go sign. Maybe you guys can go sign like I don't know, like Chase Daniel or Chad Henne. I'll take Haskins at this point. Yeah, Haskins. Maybe you guys will trade for Carson Wentz. Maybe you guys will take uh, one of those guys in the draft. Yeah. I'll take wins.
0: I mean, I'll 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 take a bag of. I was water. trying to
1: ignite it. I was trying to ignite a fire under you there, but then I gave you some other options, and you're like, "Oh, it's not too bad." It's not too bad. I mean, I I don't know about your your dolphin. Dynasty. Well, it was bad. It was bad when you were texting me multiple paragraphs. Of, oh, I was I was, was
0: enraged. I was enraged. Yeah. Who goes on a two-game winning streak at the end of the season when you're clearly out of the playoffs and you know you're about to get the foot? Fr- at that point, just tell your guys to just give them the ball. Give it to them. What? What, what are you doing? Every team has tanked. Every team has tanked at some point. Dolphins did it. They got 2 yeah. And now look at them. They're still on the outside looking in probably. <laughs> but yeah, they got probably. better. I, honestly, the Jets and Dolphins have literally switched places. The Jets have been... Well, I mean, the Jets, Jets were an the,
1: embarrassment. The Jets were an embarrassment even when they, they had not, good teams. No,
0: they weren't. They were not. Yeah, they had yeah, some they embarrassing were. moments. But still, throughout the 2000s, they made the playoffs a significant amount of times. Two years in a row, AFC Championship game. And that was with Mark Sanchez. Imagine if they had a legit quarterback. So don't tell me they were garbage, right? They, they were just fine. the dolphins were the dolphins were trash and the jets were on that outside looking in. And now the roles have been flipped.
1: Call it what you want. Whatever makes you sleep at night.
0: I never sleep at
1: night. Not, 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 <laughs> after, this,
0: not after this, not after I found I got out. You. I'm not getting the
1: first pick anymore. I got, I got you going a little bit there. Maybe you can become a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I would never. I yeah. would, uh, no, that's that's, that's what I commend you for the most. That even through all the nonsense you've stayed, uh, you stayed loyal. So I've seen a lot of Jess people jump off the bandwagon, but you stayed on it. And I respect you for that the same way that people have always been like, why are you a dolphins fan? And uh, I've gotten that over. The, and I usually, I just give them the, the same copy paste answer, but yep. they still say to me, like you had, you could have chosen any of the 32 teams in the NFL and you chose a Dolphins." So I know how you feel brighter days are ahead for both our teams. Maybe mine sooner than yours, but we'll see what happens the NFL. Is, uh, we need
0: to go watch a game live for those two. We I'll still haven't done now. that. We could have, We, we could add that to yet. the
1: 2021 list, go watch a game yeah. in New York. Maybe even Miami, we'll see. I,
0: I don't mind uh, Miami, to be honest. Yeah. I hear the weather's do make a little this.
1: Nice. Va- make a little vacation out of it. Yeah. I'm 3-0 in games in Miami, so I don't know. All
0: don't right, know so you you we'll, go we'll go to New York. We'll go to New York.
1: Another thing to add to for, the list. Wait. F- another thing to add to the list for 2021. Keep yeah. in touch with us on Twitter, though, at Madge Mastro has been throwing some fire out there on the Twitter timeline the past few weeks, and there's more to come. So just stick with us, Mastro. Any last words before we sign off?
0: Yeah, just I uh, can't wait for those uh, those packed barns and the smell of hot dog water in the air.
1: Oh yeah, with that I bid you all a very happy new year uh hopefully one that is filled with much better and brighter things than what we experienced in 2020. I know Mastro you feel the same way so health wealth and all the best to everyone out there and happy until new then, year! ciao for now